Chapter Eleven of Certain Personal Matters. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Greg Giordano. Certain Personal Matters by H. G. Wells. Chapter Eleven House Hunting as an Outdoor Amusement. Since Adam and Eve went hand in hand out of the gates of paradise, the world has travailed under an infinite succession of house hunts. Today, in every eligible suburb, you may see new Adams and new Eves by the score with rusty keys and pink order forms in hand wandering still in search of the ideal home to them it is anything but an amusement most of these poor pilgrims look simply tired some are argumentative in addition but all are disappointed anxious and unhappy their hands dirty with prying among cisterns and their garments soiled from cellar walls all in the exultation of the wooing days saw at least the indistinct reflection of the perfect house but now the quest is irrevocably in hand they seek and do not find and such a momentous question it is to them are they not choosing the background the air and the color as it were of the next three or four years the cardinal years too of their lives perhaps the exquisite exasperation of the business for the man who hunts among empty houses for a home is that it is so entirely a choice of second hand or at least ready-made goods to me at least there is a decided suggestion of the dead body in your empty house that has once been occupied here like pale ghosts upon the wallpaper are outlined the pictures of the departed tenant here are the nails of the invisible curtains this dent in the wall is all that is sensible of a vanished piano i could fancy all these things creeping back to visibility as the light grew dim someone was irritable in the house perhaps and a haunting fragrance of departed quarrels is to be found in the loose door handles and the broken bell pull then the blind in the bedroom has a broken string he was a beer drinker for the drip of the tap has left its mark in the cellar a careless man for this wall is a record of burst water pipes and rough in his methods as emendation of the garden gate a remedy rather worse than the disease shows the mark of this prepotent previous man is left on the house from cellar to attic it is his house really not mine and against these haunting individualities set the horrible wholesale flavor the obvious dexterous builder's economies of a new house yet whatever your repulsion may be the end is always the same after you have asked for your ideal house a hundred times or so you begin to see you do not get it you go the way of your kind all houses are taken in despair but such disgusts as this are for the man who really aims at taking a house the artist house hunter knows better than that he hunts for the hunt's sake 
and does not mar his work with a purpose then house hunting becomes a really delightful employment and one strangely neglected in this country i have heard indeed of old ladies who enlivened the intervals of their devotions in this manner but to the general run of people the thing is unknown yet a more entertaining way of spending a half-holiday having regard to current taste it should be difficult to imagine an empty house is a realistic literature in the concrete full of hints and allusions if a little wanting in tangible humanity and it outdoes the modern story in its own line by beginning as well as ending in a note of interrogation that it is not more extensively followed i can only explain by supposing that its merits are generally unsuspected in which case this book should set a fashion one singular thing the house hunter very speedily discovers is that the greater portion of the houses in this country are owned by old gentlemen or old ladies who live next door after a certain age and especially upon retired tradespeople house property either alone or in common with gardening exercises our irresistible fascination you always know you are going to meet the landlord or landlady of this type when you read on your order to view quote, key next door but one end quote. calling next door but one you are joined after the lapse of a few minutes by a bald stout gentleman or a lady of immemorial years who offers to go over the property with you apparently the intervals between visits to view are spent in slumber and these old people come out refreshed and keen to scrutinize their possible new neighbors they will tell you all about the last tenant and about the present tenants on either side and about themselves and how all the other houses in the neighborhood are damp how they remember when the site of the house was a cornfield and what they do for their rheumatism as one hears them giving a most delightful vent to their loquacity the artistic house hunter feels all the righteous self-applause of a kindly deed sometimes they get extremely friendly one old gentleman to whom anyone under forty must have seemed puerile presented the gentle writer with three fine large green apples as a kind of earnest of his treatment apples no doubt of some little value since they excited the audible envy of several little boys before they were disposed of sometimes the landlord has even superintended the building of the house himself and then it often has peculiar distinctions no coal cellar or a tower with turrets or pillars of ornamental marble investing the portico with disproportionate dignity one old gentleman young as old gentlemen go short of stature of an agreeable red color and with short iron-gray hair had a niche over the front door containing a piece of statuary it gave one the impression of the venus de milo in chocolate pajamas it was nude at first said the landlord but the neighborhood is hardly educated up to art and objected so i gave it that brown paint on one expedition the artistic house hunter was accompanied by euphemia then it was he found hillcrest a vast edifice at the incredible rent of forty pounds a year with which a megatherial key was identified it took the two of them not to mention an umbrella to turn this key the rent was a mystery and while they were in the house 
A thunderstorm kept them there some time. They tried to imagine the murderer. From the top windows, they could see the roofs of the opposite houses in plain. I wonder how long it would take to get to the top of the house from the bottom, said Euphemia. Certainly longer than we could manage every day, said the artistic house hunter. Fancy looking for my pipe in all these rooms. Starting from the top bedroom at the usual time, I suppose one would arrive downstairs to breakfast about eleven. And then we should have to be getting upstairs again by eight o'clock, if we wanted any night's rest worth having. Or we might double, or treble existence, live a gargantuan life to match the house, make our day of forty-eight hours instead of twenty-four. By doubling everything, we should not notice the hole it made in our time getting about the place. Perhaps by making dinner last twice as long, eating twice as much, and doing everything on the scale of two to one, we might adapt ourselves to our environment and time, grow twice as big. Then we might be very comfortable here, said Euphemia. They went downstairs again. By that time it was thundering and raining heavily. The rooms were dark and gloomy. The big side door which would not shut unless locked from the outside, swayed and banged as the gust of wind swept round the house. But they had a good time in the front kitchen, playing cricket with an umbrella, and the agent's order crumpled into a ball. Presently the artistic house hunter lifted Euphemia onto the tall dresser, and they sat there swinging their feet patiently, till the storm should leave off and release them. "'I should feel in this kitchen,' said Euphemia, like one of my little dolls must have felt in the doll's house kitchen I had once. Top of her head just reached the level of the table. There were only four plates on the dresser, but each was about half her height across. Your reminiscences are always entertaining, said the artistic house hunter. Still they fail to explain the absorbing mystery of this house, being to let at forty pounds a year. The problem raised his curiosity but though he made inquiries he found no reason for the remarkably low rent or the continued emptiness of the house it was a specimen puzzle for the house hunter a large house with a garden of about half an acre and with accommodation for about six families going begging for forty pounds a year would it let at eighty some such problem however turns up in every house hunt and it is these surprises that give the sport its particular interest and delight. Always provided the mind is not unsettled by any ulterior notion of settling down. End of chapter 11 Recording by Greg Giordano Newport Ritchie, Florida